to another episode of Mental Wealth for Entrepreneurs podcast, a podcast for resilient entrepreneurs. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review. This will help us immensely to promote the podcast. So my guest today is Kimberly Solfridge, who is a serial entrepreneur, facilitator, number one best-selling author, blogger, speaker, traveler, photographer, sport enthusiast, wife, mother of two adorable fur babies and a godmother of four amazing kids. Kimberly facilitates masterminds, speaks on entrepreneurship, and she loves helping parents to teach their kids money management to prepare them for life. So let's dive in and listen to the interview now. Hi, Kimberly. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to see you on the show. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. Um, I guess the first question everyone would like to know is that you are a serious entrepreneur. How did you start? Oh my gosh. Well, both of my parents were entrepreneurs. They had a a business that they actually started the year I was born. So I I literally grew up in an entrepreneurial world. Uh, I think I was two years old when I marched into my mom's office and demanded my own office. You know, I was... (laughs) I was determined, I guess. And uh, so I've, I've always been around it. And I, it was probably inevitable that that would be the way I would go in life just because that's, that is what I knew. And yeah. I, I was always in, in the environment. Um, you know, they took me to the office and, you know, I was always doing, you know, filing or uh, just <laughs> whatever they need. I mean, I was the janitor. I vacuumed. I mean, it was whatever. I could probably physically do, um, you know, I did. And it just, through my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever consider to go and, you know, have a professional sort of career or did you just start being an entrepreneur? Because you've started your first business when you were just 19 years of age. Yes. Uh, so I was, I was in college. Uh, I was going to SMU uh, here in Dallas. And, um, I basically had a lot of discussions with my mom and stuff like that. And, uh, that was kind of how I was helping put myself through school was working in her, uh, she had an insurance agency and, uh, it, I, I'm not even really sure how it came about that. We kind of discussed maybe me going ahead and opening my own agency. And, uh, and again, I'd been around it my entire life. So it, I knew so much of the business already. And what I didn't know, obviously my mom was a a great mentor for me and uh, it was a way for me to be able to kind of start, start something at that point. And, uh, and I did, I went ahead and took all of my, my tests and everything that year and uh, passed and just started my own agency that summer. And of course, as a school approached that next year, um, I had my mom to be able to kind of help manage what, I, when I was in classes and stuff, answering the phones, being able to answer questions. And, uh, so it, it, it actually worked out really well. Cause I worked out of her office and, uh, she was able to really help me 
Well, and the great thing was, so the next three years in school, I managed to build up a, a fairly nice book of business that by the time I came out of school, I, I had something ready for me where I was already, uh, you know, making an income. And, and there was a time there my senior year that I thought about, you know, I looked at jobs and, you know, moving away and doing different things. And, you know, I, I was looking at what I was doing and I'm thinking, how can I walk away from that to something that I'm unfamiliar with completely? And, uh, I, and of course, once I graduated and I had all that time available to me, I hit the ground running and I I was off, off at that point. (laughs) Yeah. So how long did you have that business, your, your very first business? How long did you? So that, that is probably one of my more interesting businesses in how I started. Obviously, you know, most people don't start a business at 19. Um, but it actually had a, I don't know how to describe the end to it. I ended up selling it at the end of year 2000. So December, literally December 31st. 2000 I sold that agency and it was it was bittersweet um obviously that was my first business and honestly I I didn't have any intentions of selling it but the industry itself had changed so much and um I I literally for the last year and a half of that business uh, having that company I had to drag myself out of bed and I mean, this was my company, but I, I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable and could not get out of bed to go to my own office. And uh, my stomach was always upset. I mean, I, I would have sworn I had ulcers. And I'm like, I, I know I'm too young to have ulcers, but that's, that was the best thing I could think to describe it. And uh, basically what ended up happening with that is I had somebody actually approached me about buying my, my business. And I mean, my first thought was, you know, are you, are you kidding? This is my business. So I can't, I can't sell it. And then it was probably about two months after that, that again, still just miserable. I'm thinking, you know, maybe that was, maybe that was something that I should have considered because mm-hmm. I can't keep going with where I'm at. And um, fortunately I, I, called the the gentleman that had approached me and he was still interested and uh we actually brokered a deal and i i sold that business now it it was terrifying because i had no idea what i was going to do after that yeah and unfortunately i had also lost my mom in that period of time uh she had passed away uh kind of mid 1999 which did not help with a lot of the emotional issues that I was having with the business and it just compounded it. And, um, so it was, it, it turned out to be the best thing I could have done. Um, it gave me a little bit of money to, you know, not have to work, you know, to (laughs) figure out how to (laughs) pay my mortgage or, you know, pay the car payment and things like that. Uh, so it gave me a little bit of time to figure it out. Um, but I, I cannot tell you after I signed off on selling it, mm-hmm. a, a weight literally was lifted off of my shoulders. Now I had a lot of fear because I didn't know what I was going to do next, yeah. but um, it, it did turn out to be one of the best moves that I made. But why, why, why all this anxiety? Was it because of the financial side of it or it just, your heart wasn't in it? Why, why you didn't want to 
Why did you have to drag yourself out of bed? So the, it was the insurance industry and it had changed significantly over kind of that last three years that I was in. Um, They were cutting commissions just Mm -hmm. left and right. So we were, you know, every year we were seeing just a little bit more and a little bit more. And then they got into a, um, in fact, the last three years that I had the agency, I had to rewrite my entire book of business every single year um, because the companies were basically bigger companies generally have smaller individual companies inside of them. Mm -hmm. And so they were eliminating some of these companies. And so where it might've been in this County mutual this, this month, they had a new company the next year to write it into and they were eliminating this one. Well, they did that for about three years in a row. Well, by that point, I had actually built up a pretty sizable book of business. So I was spending all of my time rewriting, you know, a book of business I already had, which left me no time to be able to actually get new clients. And so I had a company, you know, kind of being, you know, why are you not going out there and, you know, getting more clients? And I'm thinking, well, it's because you have me rewriting my entire book of business every year for the last three years while cutting our commissions. So we couldn't even hire anybody to come in and help. It actually got to a point where I made less than what I was uh, spending on other people in the business. And that, that was where that just, I did not know what I was going to do because I didn't see any end to it. I I mean, I'm like, they're just going to keep slashing it and it's going to get to the point where I'm not going to be able to have any employees and I know I can't do this by myself. So that was, that was where the anxiety was coming from. And like I said, I lost my mom in that period of time as well. And that did not, that just compounded the problem. Yeah. So what did you do next after you've sold your business? (laughs) So I, I had about a period of about six months there where I was a little, a little, uh, shaky. You know, I was researching a lot of stuff and, uh, and I did a little bit here and there, just some small little helping out. Uh, I had another friend that had had their own business and I had gone in and done a few things with them. And it was actually that friend, um, just called me one day and she said, you know what? I, I found something that I think is maybe just right up your alley. And I was like, really? Okay. So she sent it over to me and it turned out it was, it was insurance based. So I I had a good background for it, Uh, but it was a consulting position. Uh, It was a company that was wanting to bring, uh, they built uh, steel buildings, uh, their own steel buildings. And they felt that the insurance industry was not, um, they felt they were too high on their rates and they felt that was affecting their business and being able to sell them. So they wanted to self-insure these buildings. And so they wanted to essentially build an insurance company in-house. So I joined a team of five other people. And over a period of two years, we built an in-house insurance company for this, this company, this building company. And uh, I loved it. I, I, I mean, I'd never done contract work. In fact, when she told me it was contract, I was like, I don't know what that is. (laughs) No clue. And so, um, but I, I loved the freedom of it. And, and of course I was used to being, you know, a, a self entrepreneur. So it didn't scare me not to have all the, the benefit package and all that kind of stuff. You know, I was able to take care of that myself. And, um, so when that 
uh, contract came to an end, I'm like, okay, I got to find another one of those. I like this. And so I essentially ended up uh, starting a, a consulting firm at that point on, um, and it, that was a little bit more of a bigger business, but I, I tended to focus more on smaller businesses because that was what I knew. That was where I'd come from. So that's what I knew. Yeah. And uh, how long you've had it? Um, uh, technically, I... Kids projects, kids money <laughs> projects. <laughs> I mean, I still do contract uh, work like that. So um, I guess that would have been kind of mid... 2001 when I started that one and well I guess technically two years later is when I started my own I I, I don't know if you call that one in there or not because that was what started it yeah. <laughs> but um I kind of officially just kind of went out on my own at that point and um and I've done a couple of other things I I started a real estate business in there in 1999 that I actually still have today and uh, that's been a, <laughs> I don't, I don't do the day to day on it anymore. I actually have a management company that takes care of all that stuff for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, that's always an interesting one because it's real estate can get crazy at times. I, I had a house a couple of years ago, get hit by a hurricane and that was, that was a new one for me. <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay, that, uh, that was new. And I had to be much more involved in that process because of the insurance and everything. Yeah. But, so what made you kind of get involved with, um, you know, teaching kids finances? Oh, I did this. <laughs> so, yeah, that seems like a, a total left turn from yeah. everything else that I've done. Um, again, I actually have my mom to thank for that one. Um, I did not realize at the time, but growing up, uh, again, being, I guess, somewhat in that entrepreneurial world, I, I was always around. and. I, whether she meant to or not, she was teaching me just money, uh, just the concept of money, the value of money, money management, um, you know, stocks, bonds, mortgages. I mean, she, she taught me that without sitting me down at the kitchen table and saying, okay, this is how this works. And, um, and I did not realize, uh, basically I graduated college and started realizing I had a much different view of money than all of my friends. And, all of my friends had graduated school. I mean, I'm thinking we should, you know, we basically have the same education. I don't know how y'all have such a different view of it. Cause I mean, I already had a, a retirement savings started and you know, they were, you know, barely making rent and all this kind of stuff. And uh, it, it was kind of strange for me cause I couldn't understand how it was so different and we had very similar backgrounds. and. Uh, Finally, and I just, I guess I assumed I learned it in school. You know, that's where you think you learn everything. Yeah. And finally, one day I kind of put it together that, you know, I didn't learn this in school. This, this came from my mom. This was. Yeah, they don't teach this at schools, do they? No, they don't, unfortunately. Yeah, they real basic money, but, you know, just the everything else that goes along with it is not. Not teaching taxation. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, and so it took me, well, at, at that time I'm thinking, okay, I don't get why. Um, well, once I figured out I didn't learn it in school, then I'm thinking, well, why didn't everybody else's parents teach them this, you know? Mm-hmm. And that one took me a little longer to figure out, but it finally, I realized it, most of it was their parents didn't know either. They were still figuring it out because nobody taught them as a child how to do this. So as, as they went through life, 
they're figuring it out. And, and money seems to be one of those taboo subjects. You know, I, I read that it's, you know, it's second only to the sex talk (laughs) to have with your kids. And I thought, and that seemed odd to me because my parents didn't shy away from talking about money with me. And now I could never tell you what they brought home, you know, what, what they were making. I, I have no idea. I mean, I, I knew they were obviously doing okay, but, um, you know, I couldn't tell you what they brought home. That was never discussed with me, but like they started buying, you know, rent houses and, you know, at seven, they had me in there cleaning floors and painting and, you know, I was free child labor. (laughs) What did it pay you? (laughs) I'm sure they did at some point when I complained enough about it, but, um, you know, it was, I, I didn't realize how much I was learning in my childhood until I got a little older. And uh, once I kind of put all of that together, I thought, okay, somebody needs to make sure people start helping parents understand this conversation needs to start when kids are young and go throughout their childhood. And so I always wanted to do something with it, but never could figure out what to do with, you know, my first thought was, Oh, I'll write a book. Well, 20 years ago, writing a book was a much different feat than it is today. And so, so needless to say that never happened. <laughs> and so, um, it was one of those things that was always in the back of my head to do something with at some point. And, uh, finally I realized in 2017, it wasn't going to just happen. I was going to have to make it happen. I, you know, it was always, I was going to do it and I just couldn't find the time. Well, I I was busy. I mean, I had a company, I worked, you know, it was that, that time was not just going to find itself. I had to do something to find it. And I kind of started doing a little bit then. And unfortunately just, well, that was also the year the the hurricane hit. So that, that took about a year of my life right there (laughs) with that hurricane. And so it kind of got put off at that point. And then um, this year, I was like, you know what, I, I'm going to have to make some changes. So I decided to pull back in my consulting company mm-hmm. and really start focusing on, on this. And then ironically, with this coronavirus, um, I am probably going to lose one of my masterminds because of it. Um, unfortunately, a number of the businesses that are in it are struggling yeah, horribly through this. And I've already heard from three of them that they've pretty much decided to, to call it. And so that's a, you know, the mastermind itself has 10 people in it. So that's, you know, a third of it right there. And uh, I know the others are struggling. You know, this is a hard time for so many businesses, especially small businesses. Yeah, And um, so I, I suspect I'm probably, going to lose that mastermind. So I've already started kind of shifting of some of that company and uh, I'm going to do a little bit more focus and go full throttle with the kids money project. Cause I feel like that's where my passion is right now. And yeah. it's so important. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's important to f- feel where you can pivot really. And just, just, move it, you know, move to a different direction as opposed to just trying to cling on to the, you know, something which is not working out. 
isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, failure yeah. is only failure if you kind of stop at that point. Yeah. And um, I've always been a big believer in, I was an athlete growing up. And so you always, you just, you found a way you push through because you're not going to win every time. And we all know success is, you know, it's an up and down journey. It's, it's never straight up and all success. It's, there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs and there's, you've got to learn how to roll with those punches and plan. I mean, planning is such an important part. And of course this, you know, this crazy time that we're in right now, you never expect that. I mean, there's so much that you can kind of expect in business. You know, there's going to be slow times, you know, there's going to be heavy times, you know, you, you can kind of figure those out, but this is something so different that, um, you know, who would have thought the day would have come where we just, literally shut the globe down and it's so many businesses are gonna struggle to get through this and yeah. and we're talking not just small but I mean look at how many big businesses are I think I heard this morning Australia's second largest airline is basically calling it uh they're filing for bankruptcy today I guess and Gosh, I haven't heard this news yet, but uh, yeah, it, it, I literally maybe about an hour ago I heard it on the news, like Virgin Australia or something like that. Mm. So it's exactly. everybody affected. Yeah, but um, looking back at your entrepreneurial uh, journey, have you ever thought of quitting and just going and finding a job? Until <laughs> five job and. Oh, absolutely. There, you know, I think we all have those days and, um, oh yeah, there, there have been times where I was going to throw the towel in completely and that's it. I'm just going to go work for somebody else cause it's going to be easier. And, uh, you know, I, I've never really done that to be honest. I, I have had jobs where I worked for other people. They were earlier in my life and stuff like that. So I, I have some idea of it. I don't know that I could do it now because I'm so used to being the one to call the shots, so to speak. Um, I, I guess if I had to, obviously I could, but I, uh, I plan to make sure that I don't really have to find out. <laughs> but, um, oh yeah. Moments like this. Huh? <laughs> oh yes. But no, have I had the thought? Oh, absolutely. Cause there's, when you're the entrepreneur, especially if you're the solo entrepreneur, everything is your responsibility and that's heavy that that can really weigh on you and especially because you can't know everything you know that's just yeah it's impossible to know everything so you have to have those resources and and sometimes people get worried about paying the money for those resources Mm -hmm. but sometimes i mean it can cost you a lot more if you don't and it's, it's a matter of balancing you know, figuring out what you do know and what you don't know and where to get the help with what you don't know. And, uh, you know, like it would not be good for me to file my own tax returns. I mean, I could probably muster through it and figure it out, but I'd much rather pay somebody that knew knows what they're doing because, you know, if they come knocking or something, I want somebody to go be able to explain it to them because that is not my expertise. Yeah. Do you have a plan if the kids, um, uh, the kids' money project will not um, be successful? Because this is where you want to kind of 
pivot, right? And focus on, on, on this part of the business, right, at the moment. Yes, this is, I'm kind of going full on on this. Like I said, I, I have a couple of smaller consulting jobs that I'm doing, but um, this is this is my plan to go full force into it. And uh, I mean, obviously this, this is going to be a little bit of a stretch for me because it is so different. Um, so much of what I've done before all rang true to each other. It, they had similarities to them. Uh, and this is, I'm having to figure out a lot of stuff. I mean, I've never had to write content like this before. Um, and so this is, this is new for me <laughs> and it's yeah. taking a little bit longer than I thought it would to be quite honest. I thought, man, I would just snap right through it. And yeah. it's, I'm probably overthinking some of it. I, I think yeah. if I just get it down and get it out there, I'd probably be better off. Um, Cause it's not going to be perfect. It, it never is, you know, you, you figure it out as you go. And, um, so it's, uh, it's definitely been interesting and it's going to be probably a little more uphill battle than I'm used to, but, um, I, uh, I have my mentors and I, uh, I have my tribe kind of around me that when I'm having one of those days where I'm going to throw in the towel that they can kind of pat me on the back and lift me up and say, okay, so what's the problem? What, what, where do you need help with? Let's figure it out. And I, that to me is one of the most important things to have around you. Yeah. So if you were, um, if, if you had a superpower, what would it be? <laughs> Ooh, superpower. One of those crazy questions. <laughs> Probably see the future. <laughs> That might be nice to know in business, be able to see the future. Because <laughs> yeah. you're also doing financial coaching, right? Uh, are you also considering not, not to carry on with financial coaching or you think about pivoting and maybe getting ready for the time when companies that do survive COVID-19 will come back to you and they'll want to put in place all the different strategies <laughs> not to have, not to be... Oh, and- I mean, I would love to have, um, cause I am, I am down to one mastermind group. I had two for a long time. Uh, but I have one now and this is the one I'm afraid it may not make it through this one. Uh, if it does, that would be great. I, I would love to have it. My guess is some will make it through. Um, and the problem is, do I rebuild the group? And that's, that's going to take a lot of effort and would probably take me away from the kids money project. And so I'm going to have to make a decision on that. And, uh, I, I was actually approached by somebody that was interested and is looking to get into this. And so we may be able to work something out where he may take over some of that or something like that. So, because this, the kids money project is where I really would like to focus because that is, I, I feel that that is so important and just seeing, I, I don't know about in the, the UK as much, but I know here in America, um, credit card debt alone for most families is just completely. Yeah, same here. Up, yeah. Yeah. And so um, I, again, I think talking to kids earlier and explaining how this money works and getting the, I, I, it helped me so much in life 
plan. I mean, like I said, I had a retirement savings and stuff like that started immediately because compounding interest was explained to me. And, you know, most people, they've heard that term, but they don't have any idea what it actually means. And I think if they really saw what it was, you know, time is the biggest factor in it. You have to start early mm-hmm. and, you know, you teach that to a kid and they take in that information. Um, they just, they start doing it because they, they don't know any other way to do it. Yeah. Whereas right now with it not really being taught, you know, they have to figure it out for themselves and you're going to make mistakes. I mean, that's, that is life. You're, you have to learn it one way or another. And, and we have a, <laughs> we tend to like things when we want them. We want nice things. We'll go out and buy a $40,000 car, but by the way, we're only making $40,000 a year or something like that. And, you know, those numbers don't always add up and, or worse, it's they're buying a $40,000 car and they're making $24,000 a year. And, you know, it's, it's just, it, there's so many things that I, I just, I can't thank my parents and certainly my mom enough for teaching me this stuff that I didn't dig myself into holes that I couldn't get myself out of. Yeah. No, that, that's fascinating. I guess I, 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 I can see how this can work because uh, so many uh, parents now have to home educate. And um, yeah, that, that would be something that would fit right in <laughs> into the home education environment, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. And I think people think it's so much more, like I said, my mom, didn't sit me down at the kitchen table with a book and say, this is how this works. A lot of it is just having these ongoing conversations. You know, when you go to buy a car, take your kid along with you. Now, maybe put duct tape over their mouth so they don't mess up the negotiation part. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I was always threatened, don't you say a word. Because you know, there's a negotiation and maybe things are, you know, you don't necessarily want them to know maybe you're your own business, you own your own business or something like that. And it's, mm-hmm. you know there's a a whole process of that and you don't want your child going, well, it's kind of sad to say because it's of what happened, but uh, it was actually an episode of the Cosby show, which Bill's Cosby, you know, that's what it is. But um, I remember there was an episode where she was a doctor and his wife was an attorney. So they were doing quite well. And he took his son with him to buy a new car and his son's decked out to the nines, you know, you could tell it was an expensive outfit and Mm -hmm. he's in this like old sweats or something like that. And he's trying to negotiate this car and get the best price. And his son keeps saying something about, you know, dad, you're a doctor. And of course, you know, as soon as the salesman hears this, he's going to like, you you can afford this car. And so I always laughed when I saw that episode, because I was like, I remember being threatened not to, keep, you know, keep my mouth shut during this process. But I also saw the process of going in and not paying the sticker price that was on the car just because that's what they said it was worth, you know, doing my research and, you know, have the negotiation. So it was many things like that. Yeah. But you see, you, you've been doing uh, entrepreneurship for so many years and you have this vision and new plan um, ahead. Um, what can you tell people, uh, especially, you know, women uh, who want to give up on their dream? They have an idea, but they, they have this fear. 
um, whether they're capable of doing it or maybe you know sh they should be doing it. So what can you tell them? Well, one, I would say that fear is normal. Don't don't think that you're, uh, you know, that that is a very normal feeling to have, especially on maybe when things are not going well. And, and know that that is actually normal too. It, again, it's not a success only journey on that in entrepreneurship. And uh, I really, what I would say is find a mentor. If you don't have one, find somebody that knows more than you do and be able to bounce ideas off of them and, and have them be able to, when you're having that downtime, be able to explain to you, this is going to happen. This, this, this is normal. You can fight your way through it. You can give up too. I mean, that's one option that you have. And it's, I think a lot of people don't realize maybe how hard it's actually going to be because it sounds great. Own your own business, make your own hours, do what you want to do when you want to do it, take vacation whenever you want to. I think that's probably one of the biggest misnomers is you have to realize when it's your business, you almost never go on vacation without your business being there some way, somehow, you know, you, when you are the boss, even if you have somebody running it, you know, it's still, you're the last line, you know, you're the responsible party in it. And so I, in fact, I had a client one time asking me, you know, how I took vacations. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, he was like, do you just leave the computer home? I said, no, the computer is with me. I said, now I get it to where it's not 24 seven that I'm working when I'm on vacation. I, mm -hmm. I plan and things like that. But if something happens while I'm on vacation, I may have to take a couple hours and take care of it. And where if you work a nine to five job, you don't, you know, once you're on vacation, you're pretty much on vacation for the most part. You don't have somebody calling you going, Hey, what's this, this. And, uh, when you're an entrepreneur, that that's not really the case. It's your business is still going if you're sitting on the beach. <laughs> so, um, sometimes it follows you on vacation and, uh, but yeah, mentorship, I think is one of the, the biggest. And actually, I, I'll actually top that with one other, I think mindset your mindset is actually, I, um, I was a psychology major in school. So that's probably, I, I'm just naturally an optimistic person. And so that probably helps. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I mean, it's, I, not that I don't have those days where I can be a pessimist. Um, but there for the most part, I'm an optimistic person so when I do have those down days, um, it may be a little easier for me to come out of it because I'll stop, take a deep breath. I, I'll tell you what I do. And this is so embarrassing to be quite honest. If I get so overwhelmed or something like that, I, I have to just cry it out. It's just almost like I have to release it all and I'll just, it's almost, it's not a temper tantrum. I wouldn't say it's just, I have to hit that breaking point yeah. and it, and it's very short, but it's like, I have to go all the way to that point to be able to stop and take that deep breath and go, okay, well, that wasn't real helpful. Now, what do we do? <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And, but it was like, once I get that out, you know, it's, I don't know if it's just a stress relief. I I just Mm -hmm. have to get it out Mm -hmm. and then I can stop and focus. And, you know, it, like I said, you know, that crying fit or whatever doesn't do any good other than maybe getting it out and where I can stop and focus. And and a lot of times it may be a phone call to my mentor going, oh my gosh. Okay. So Mm -hmm. here's where I'm at. I don't know where to go. And usually it's not that hard to get out of, in all honesty. I just can't see it because I'm too close to it. That's right. And that's why I think mentors are great. I think masterminds are great for that reason. Masterminds are great because they're a like-minded group of people that can be able to see things in your business maybe that you can't see because they understand business, but they're not too close to yours. Because sometimes when you're too close, you know, it's the forest through the trees. You just can't see it because you're too close. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you have to have those tools around you. Yeah. Do you think it's, uh, today is a good time to start a new business, though? Huh. Well, actually, I think certain businesses, yes. Um, <laughs> if you're trying to start a restaurant right now, it's probably not the best time, unfortunately. <laughs> you can plan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, you can plan you know. in you. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um you know, there's always, I don't think there's really a, a right or a wrong time necessarily. I think you have to be ready. I think it's more about you and where you are in your head, uh, what your mindset is, what your, do you have what you need for your business to be able to, if you have an idea. And I think that's what frustrates me sometimes on Facebook with so many of these like women entrepreneur groups. I'll see all these people that are, especially right now, it's, it's worse because a lot of these people just lost their jobs. Yeah. They're like, I need to start a business right now. What can I do to make money quick? Yeah. And, and there's no <laughs> such thing, is it? <laughs> exactly. There is not such a thing as that. If, if there was, everybody would be doing it. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't work that way. And it's, and I get they're in a situation where they just lost their job. They need money quick. And, uh, but starting a new business, that's, you know, it doesn't happen quickly like that. It's just, you don't get a windfall right out of the, in the gate. And uh, it's especially in a time like this where everybody's so unsure of everything it's, you've got to have a plan, you know, you've got to have it in place. And like I said, have your mind in the right place for it. Um, you know, I, I think I heard restaurants should be able to pay their bills for six months, uh, have enough capital when they start to be able to pay their bills for six months without anything coming in to be able to expect to survive. And now there have obviously been restaurants that did not have that, that made it. But, um, but that's, that was, I remember hearing that thinking, wow, that's, that is a lot of money to be out, you know, six months, particularly in a restaurant. Cause you're talking overhead, like nobody's business yeah. with a restaurant. And uh, you know, obviously there's certain businesses that you don't have that kind of overhead and things like that. So it'd be a much 
easier, but understand it doesn't happen fast. You know, it's, it's a building process. You have to build an audience. Now we have so many tools today that it's a lot easier to build an audience today than it was 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, we, there was no such thing as the internet. Well, I guess there was, we just didn't have the ability to use it yet. And uh, I, I'll date myself here, but I remember when I started um, right after I graduated college, I got an email address and thought, that was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> you know, and there there was really no internet yet. I think Prodigy was coming out and you could it was a glorified encyclopedia is what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and so I I can only imagine having this uh resource back then what maybe would have happened. So but we have it today. So yeah. And, uh, it's a game changer. I know, really? and, uh, I don't know, on our news, they say um, that there might be a second and a third wave uh, of COVID-19. So, so, yeah, and you see a lot of um, messages and um, um, posts on, on social media, you know, pe- people just, it's either very negative or sarcastic, and people just say, you know, the binging on Netflix. <laughs> yes. They don't know what to do. <laughs> I have watched more TV in the last month than I have in a long time. <laughs> and not that I don't have plenty to do, but yeah. you, you do. You, well, actually, you know, we're kind of talking a little bit about, you know, almost like some of the depression and stuff. Mm-hmm. I have felt that this, this month, this past month, it's nothing specific. You know, I'm healthy. Fortunately, all of my family is healthy. I've known a few people that have gotten it, but fortunately they've gotten, very mild versions of it where they they've been fine. But, um, I being cooped up a little bit more and I think it was not this past weekend, but the weekend before I, I was in a bad mood. That's probably the best way to put it. You know, I was snapping at my husband and I'm sure he's thinking, man, what did I do? And it took me a little bit to figure out what was wrong. And I finally, it was just, I I was tired of being in the house and yes, I had gone for a walk or I had done this, but it was just, it wasn't enough. And actually a friend of mine, it was probably the perfect timing, but she had actually uh, text messaged me that they were getting together on zoom for drinks that night, just to (laughs) sit there and chat. And there was going to be like five girls. And I thought, you know what? And I didn't know any of them, but her. And I thought, you know, I think I need some interaction. I think that's maybe part of my problem. We did that three nights in a row and my attitude completely changed in that period of time. And I think it was just pure interaction with people and not that my husband wasn't, you know, great to talk to, but it it is different. And it's, I'm used to talking to a lot of people um, most days and not having as much of that interaction or seeing people even, I mean, cause I'd talk to people on the phone, but for some reason, seeing them mm, was yeah. a little different. And you can always call me. I don't know. It's, it's psychological, I'm sure, but it, it helped my, my attitude completely changed. So, um, I think it's a lot about finding what, what helps you dig out of those things. I went a time without a mentor 
And my business definitely struggled because of it, because I didn't realize that I had it with my first one because it was my mom. I didn't, I didn't put it together that that's what that was. That's what she was. And then when I was trying to build up that second one, I, I struggled and I'm thinking I did this before. And in a sense it was easy and I didn't have a true picture of what it was like to build a business because I did have so much handholding in that first one. And so my second one was a much more difficult process and I got the probably the better picture of what it was like to build a business. And I made a lot of mistakes. Oh my gosh. I, I'm embarrassed to think of some of the mistakes that I made because I'm thinking you knew better than that. But you know, sometimes you just do things that you can't explain at the time. (laughs) And uh, I I can't explain them now. Some of them, but I have learned from those. There's no point beating beating yourself up. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you can't because we can do that all day long and you're not going to get anywhere. So, and I did plenty of that early on too. So. Any final advice from you? Any final comment for entrepreneurs? Um, Just stick with it. Even on those bad days, you're going to have them and just fight through them. Call somebody, find a mentor. Um, and, and find a men- and when I say find a mentor, find somebody that understands business. Um, a lot of people will maybe call their best friend who is not an entrepreneur. And while they are a great person and can help you in so many ways, they probably are not going to understand the entrepreneur part of that because it is a different world. Like I love my husband but he has always been an employee of a company and we think very differently, you know, and it's just, I grew up an entrepreneur and he grew up an employee. And so it is a different mindset and it's not either one is right or wrong. They're just different. And so if you're an entrepreneur and you need some help in that realm, you need to find another entrepreneur that understands what you're going through yeah well thank you so much thank you for sharing your story with us and uh, i wish you good luck with your <laughs> new project the future oh. project and <laughs> thank you anything new you decide to do in the next <laughs> couple of months <laughs> that's right everyone will have to survive this somehow <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this show. Please send me any comments or feedback. If you're an entrepreneur and want to share your story, please contact me. The link is in the podcast show notes. Also, please see the social media links and uh, links to offers from my guests on the podcast notes. This podcast is sponsored by Smart Octopus Voice Agency, who create chatbots and voice skills on Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. So I'm really excited uh, to tell you that this podcast is now available as an Alexa skill. Uh, so you can search for resilient entrepreneur uh, skill and enable it as a flash briefing. 
So that's all from me. Um, I wish I wish you good mental health and you are just one mind hack away. Till next time. Thank you.